The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Big Wednesday show for you here on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Yeah, we got a lot to cover. You know, we only have four Wednesday shows left. So I figured we'd talk a little Dynasty. Dynasty quarterbacks this week. We'll do running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends in the future. Welcome, everybody. I am Adam Azer. You know it's Wednesday, so you know what that means. The Heath is on. What's up, Heath? Adam, I'm so happy to be here with you. It's week you? 14. It's the fantasy playoffs. This is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm in two leagues where if the playoffs started this week, I'd be in. But they start next week. So I might not be in. So if I don't get in, can I say that I made are the they playoffs both, in those leagues? Are they both 10-team leagues? No, one's a 12-team league that plays into Week 17. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. I forgot. I actually what forgot. What are you doing? I, I, you know, it's a dynasty league, and it's been going on forever, and I, it needs to stop. Does it, does it, stop. Uh, does it have uh, decimal scoring? It does have decimal scoring, actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least it's not the worst league. No, it's not. Also, you just heard Ben Gretsch. Betty and the Gretsch is on the mic. What's up, Ben? I mean, I'm just trying to imagine doing a dynasty league, building out your dynasty over multiple years, finally having a good year, and then losing the championship in week 17 yeah. because your star is a pick. I mean, how could you do such? Yeah, actually, like I have Josh Allen. I don't even know if he's going to have anything to play for in Week 17. This could be uh, this could be an issue here. So, all right, don't play in Week uh, 17. I think we know that. I'm going to start with a stat of the day. Let me let me tell you what's coming up uh, on today's show. We got this amazing stat that's going to blow your mind. We got sneaky players who can win you a league. We'll take a quick look at the most added and most dropped list and see if anything crazy is going on. I mean, usually Wednesday show we try to look ahead and talk trade. All that's gone, obviously. We're going to preview the uh, Cowboys Bears game. Talk about some players that, you know, it's hard to know what to do with them right now. Tyler Lockett's going to headline that list. Going to bring up John Brown so Heath can say he's a must-start guy. And I can remind Heath he's had less than 40 receiving yards in each of his last two games. Uh, Rashad Penny, guys like that. We're going to do some regulating for sure and answer a lot of your questions via Apple Podcasts, uh, email, and tweet. But your stat of the day, Patrick Mahomes facing the Patriots on the road this week. That's not easy. His last seven games, he's completing 61% of his passes, 7.5 yards per attempt. He's on pace in those seven games for 4,100 yards, 23 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Uh, That's like 1,000 fewer yards than last year and uh, not even half as many touchdowns. Now, one of those games he left with an injury, but still, it's just not as good. Meanwhile, yeah, right in the beginning of the game. Yeah, he threw like... 10 or 11 passes through a touchdown. But even if I just took those other six games, like Mahomes hasn't really been Mahomes. Cousins has been Mahomes. His last eight games, he's completing 71% of his passes, 8.9 yards per attempt, a 120.7 passer rating. In these eight games, Cousins is on pace for 4,600 yards, 40 touchdowns, and four interceptions. On 32.4 pass attempts per game, which would rank 22nd in the NFL. Minimum of 100 attempts. So, I don't know. I mean, I, to me, it's just a cool stat. But what do you guys make of this uh, Mahomes, not so good, Kirk Cousins, Hall of Fame? 
it sounds like you're saying that people should start Kirk Cousins over Patrick Mahomes in the first week of the fantasy playoffs because Cousins has been better <laughs> and has a better well, matchup. I think I think it's very reasonable. I don't know that I would do that. I mean, Mahomes has had the ankle injury. He's had an injury to Tyreek Hill when he finally got healthy. Last week was disappointing. So I think you can like, make excuses. I, but I, I, it's not like Cousins against Detroit, Mahomes at New England. I think it's reasonable to, to make that the call. I would start Mahomes, though. I haven't done a fantasy baseball podcast in almost five months, probably. But this makes me think back to the days of the fantasy baseball podcast when Adam Azer would come up with a split since some certain date. And we never knew what the random thing was that happened on that date that caused things to change. This player has done this. I mean, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. In his last seven games, so if you take away his three best games and include a game that he left uh, early, he has been really terrible. And Kirk Cousins, in not even the same <laughs> sample of games, because he started being good a week before that. Right. And right. if you take out his worst games, he has been awesome. So you're not buying and any so of this? this I, Kirk I've Cousins has been better than I expected. Like, Patrick Mahomes has been worse if, than I expected. I'm starting. If you Patrick roll back Mahomes. the tape. If you roll back the tape, you're going to see I was sitting here just making weird faces at this stat. <laughs> I agree with everything he just said. Uh, I, I think he put it perfectly. I, I will say for Kirk Cousins, after like week three, we were all panicking. And one of the things we talked about was they will throw more eventually. And so we've seen that. And that's that's great. But this is like the definition of small sample size bias. You're throwing out the games where Cousins threw very, very few passes that could definitely come back. And you're locking into a stretch from Mahomes where he was injured with the ankle injury, as you said, left in the, I believe, the first quarter, if not or very early second quarter. And he did throw 10 or 11 passes. But um, if you look at his like point, fantasy points per game, that's easily his lowest game. You can't yeah, include that in any split. Out. Take that game out. Patrick Mahomes has not been. Patrick Mahomes has had one great game since the first three weeks of the season. It was at Tennessee, and he threw 50 passes. He just has not been if himself. If you start... If you start Kirk Cousins over Patrick Mahomes, even considering matchup, you deserve to lose. I don't. Well, also, he he had a great game against the Texans too. Not in terms of fantasy points, did he? Two seventy three and three. I would think so. How many fantasy points? Let me look it up. All right. Well, <laughs> that is that is a pretty good game. Um, all right. Well, look. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. Again, I wasn't trying to make a big point. But, you know, I'll make a gentleman's bet. Kirk Cousins will be better than Patrick Mahomes this week. The, uh, the Texans. Okay, loser. He scored, he scored 24 <laughs> fantasy points in that game. Loser has to do however many pu- push-ups that the other guy's quarterback scores. <laughs> so if Patrick Mahomes you scores think? 32, then you have to do 32 push-ups. Oh if Kirk gosh. Cousins scores 40, then I have to do 40 push-ups. How many the days old- do I have to complete this task? That's like, that's you have to do them in succession. Okay. All right. That's a, I like that. That's pretty good. Okay. All right. Um, On camera. Okay. I'll try. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'll try. All right. So let's uh, talk about some sneaky players who can win you a league. I threw this segment at you late last night or early this morning. I don't know if you have any names, but I want to look at the two Bengals wide receivers. It might not be until week 17 because I don't know you're going to trust them in week or week. Sorry. Week 16. Week 15. They have the Patriots. This week at Cleveland, week 16, the Bengals are at Miami. John Ross is back. He's going to have a role this week. His first two games, he went over 100 yards and had three touchdowns. In both, He had 100 yards in both games, three touchdowns. Uh, then he struggled against the Bills, which was predictable, and then he struggled at Pittsburgh, and then he went on short-term IR. John Ross is back. A.J. Green is trending up. He's got a chance to come back. Those are a couple of sneaky players who could be good in, in week 16. Uh, any other names that, that you guys thought of for this? I put down a bunch. Oh, uh, I mean, I one position that I would look at here, and it, it might seem kind of counterintuitive because we've talked about it being a bad position all season, is tight end. Because most of the good teams you're playing in the playoffs, they have good running backs and receivers. They're starting their studs. Tight end's a position where you might have some some teams in the in the fancy playoffs that need some help. And tight end is also a position where we see even the good players have down games. Travis Kelsey, not a great game last week. A decent game. George Kittle, down game last week. There are a few guys right now that could have a pretty huge stretch right now when it matters most. A couple seasons ago, we saw this from Eric Ebron. Uh, when In his last season with the Lions, he had three great games, week 14 to 16. You can go back even further, and Jordan Reed was having a great season, but was, I think, the top-scoring player. Just had a huge splash late. So tight end is a position where you can make a huge difference in your fantasy playoffs, first guy I would name, Jack Doyle, Eric with Eric Ebron out, 
he went up to a 94% snap share last week. His previous season high was 77%. Looks like he's going to be a full-time guy. If he's available in your league, I think he's a top six probably option the rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, Mike Kosicki's a guy we've talked about a lot. As a downfield, the, kind of the second downfield option for the Dolphins since Preston Wilson's gone down. And then a couple little deeper options. Caden Smith, if Evan Ingram doesn't return, has looked pretty decent. And Ian Thomas, if Greg Olson can't go from that concussion. Yeah, I had Ian Thomas in here. Yeah, sorry, last five games last year for Ian Thomas in PPR. Uh, nine points, 16 points, three points, 14 points, and 17 points. And he's got two good matchups coming up. That's Ian Thomas. Of course, that was with a uh, different quarterback uh, for, for most did, of it. Did you purposely not put any running backs on the list? Kind of, uh, but... No, That's I guess the other like, position. I guess not purposely. At, purposely, no. If Dalvin Cook starts this week and gets hit one more time in the same spot, and they're like, "Oh, it cracked," and Alexander Madison starts Week 15 and Week 16, is he sneaky, then he's probably though? going to win some leagues. We just spent the whole waiver wire show talking about him, so I did, that's why I didn't put him on this sneaky. And then list. I, I think, and this will probably get me roasted, but I think Patrick Laird doesn't even need an injury for that to happen. Oh, he's on my list. In PPR oh, right. leagues, he could absolutely be a league winner. I've had a hard time keeping at me, him outside of my top 24 for this week. I'm going to be starting him in two or three playoff matchups, and it, there's a chance. like he's. I don't think he's particularly good. It's a bad situation. He probably won't rush for more than 30 yards a week, but he has a fantastic schedule. He could catch five passes for 50 yards and score a touchdown, and all of a sudden you're looking at a 20-point PPR week. All right, that's Patrick Laird. Caleb that schedule. That schedule is awesome. I mean, we've seen the Miami's offense look better, and that schedule is phenomenal. I totally agree. Well, it's not. No, you know what? It's not for a pass catching running back, maybe, but the Jets have arguably the best run defense in the NFL. The Giants. But they have given up 50 yards per game in two running backs in the, through the air. Yeah. But, okay, I mean, the point good. is the Dolphins' offense isn't. The Dolphins offense can continue to produce against these teams is the point. At least until week 17, they're, they're probably going to get, you know, shut down by New England. Dolphins are facing the Jets, the Giants, both on the road, and then Cincinnati at home in weeks 14, 15, 16. Uh, a couple quarterbacks, Daniel Jones has the Dolphins in week 15 and uh, Redskins in week 16. Gardner Minshew, Oakland in week 15, Atlanta in week 16. Those are, we've talked about them a lot. Maybe we talked about Nick Foles a ton. So Minshew back in there. And the Daniel Jones-Gardner-Minshew race is going to come down to the wire. Uh, very excited. And I think Odell Beckham is a, not so sneaky, but a player who could win you a league. I don't like him in week 16 against Baltimore. But these next two games, Bengals and Cardinals, he's had a very tough schedule this year. I think he's going to do pretty well. He's been one of the most inefficient wide receivers, which is typically the kind of guys we talk about for regression. The volume's been there. So I, I think that's a great call as well. Yeah, and actually when we talk about dynasty quarterbacks, I'll tell you just how difficult Baker Mayfield's schedule has been and uh, why that might matter going into next year. And we'll see because he has to finish strong to make this uh, schedule thing you know, look significant because he's got some good matchups coming up. So uh, we have a Facebook giveaway, the unsung hero of fantasy playoffs in the past. And we have the Parlay Pick'em. If you want to win a million dollars, go to cbssports.com slash parlay. Just pick some games. Very fun. There are some, some cash prizes, cbssports.com slash parlay. But another exciting announcement. Uh, later today, this is not for, for certain. This is not a certainty. But Heath might be recording a special DFS episode that we will put in this feed uh, hopefully later today, later on Wednesday. So I don't think it'll be that long, but it'll give you some DFS advice for week 14. And it should be Heath and Mike McClure of Sportsline, who is a DFS expert. He's been doing this for years, and he's great. Give you some really good advice. So be on the lookout for that. We don't know if it's going to happen this week or, or when, but we're hopeful. And um, yeah, if you like DFS, you should get some really, really good advice there. Okay, let's take a look at the uh, the roster trends and the most added and most dropped list. Just see if there's anything that we need to cover here. I was actually particularly interested in the most drop list to see if anybody was giving up on a player they shouldn't be giving up on. But most added, Raheem Mostert, Alexander Madison, Darwin Thompson, Zach Paschal. All these guys are still available in a lot of leagues because, you know, the ownership percentages aren't going to go up that much necessarily with half the teams eliminated. Rashad Penny, Patrick Laird, the Vikings DST as they get the Lions this week. Not a great week for streaming DSTs. Um, 
yeah, Darius Geis is on there. He's now 88% owned. Texans DSC, Packers DST, James Washington. Who would you guys rather have this week? Zach Paschal at Tampa Bay or James Washington at Arizona? I'm going to take Pascal, but I, they're both going to be boomer busty. Yeah, Washington was actually my third choice at receiver. Pascal was my first, and I like I had a really hard time not putting him in my top 20, and he currently is. Um, Anthony Miller is actually my second favorite, and then Washington would be third. Miller's target share over the last three weeks has just been ridiculous. 33 targets in his last three games, for sure. That is nice. He's on the most added list. He's only 14% owned, though. Jack Doyle, 78% owned. Mike Kosicki, 45% owned. Yeah, I, I don't want to repeat yesterday's show. It's the same names. I have a playoff team where I added Gardner Minshew, Patrick Laird, and Anthony Miller last night, and I'm starting all three of them this week. You feel good about Minshew? It's not a good matchup against the Chargers. I... It's not a good matchup, but I don't think it's a bad matchup. They have given up 7.5 yards per pass attempt, which is actually worse than league average. They're giving up a quarterback rating of 99.5. Also, it's their second consecutive road game, and they're traveling across the country. So I like, I don't think it's a good matchup, but I don't think it's a bad one either. Okay. They did get two safeties back, both their starting safeties back last week. Still have their... And one didn't of their, look that great against Drew Locke. Still have one... Well, still have one of their... Only one player on the team had more than 14 receiving yards. It was just the Cortland Sutton show, but sure. Still have one of their starting cornerbacks out on suspension. Uh, the most drop list, Jonathan Williams. He's now 69% on. He's down 17%. That's a pretty big drop. Nick Foles, obvious. Panthers DST can get away from them. Uh, then there's some kickers. Sam Darnold. So that's an interesting one, you know, because like we talked about, can you go back to Sam Darnold this week facing the Dolphins? Um, you know, so to me, Heath, Jonathan Williams and Sam Darnold are the, the headliners here. Yeah, I think Williams is a mistake because I, they, they, Frank Reich talked about it, that it wasn't that Jordan Wilkins just took the job back. It was some in-game stuff. I think there's a chance William leads the teams and carries again. Uh, but Darnold, like there is a very good chance that Sam Darnold's going to score 20 points this week, but you can't have any faith in him. And so I understand why, like I would have dropped him for Tannehill. I would have dropped him for Minshew. Um, I'd probably, he's right there for me with Daniel Jones this week. Do you have any faith, uh, Ben, Sam Darnold? No, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you could, you could use him if you were desperate, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to go there in the playoffs. I, I would hope you'd have a better option. All right. So we got some news and notes to get to Carolina fired Ron Rivera. That was, that was crazy. Please let the Giants hire Ron. Like he's a, he's he should not have been fired. That was crazy. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Look, uh, I have a confession to make. So I got to talk to you about Harry's razors. I shaved yesterday, and I did not use my Harry's razor because it was in a different bathroom, and I could not access it. And long story, I had a terrible shave. It was awful because I, I had to use a different razor that I hadn't used in a while. I had a new blade and everything. It was so much worse than my Harry's razor. It was the first time in like over two years or something that I had not used my Harry's razor. And I can tell you there was a huge, huge difference. I swear, this is a much better product, okay? I am a total believer in Harry's razors. And they really are a very good holiday gift. Uh, they're not expensive. These packages that the special offer that we have for you, by the way, on the shave sets that Harry's are giving, it's great. So here's what we uh, have for you. If you go to harrys.com slash FFT, harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com slash FFT, you get free shipping. You get $5 off any shave set, including the limited edition holiday sets, which I've bought for three different people. It's a really good gift. You'd be surprised how much stuff you get in there. You get a weighted handle with an option to engrave, five-blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather. You get a travel cover to protect the blades. It's all packaged in a handsome holiday gift, ba uh, uh, gift box. And you can get, again, free shipping, but... After December 16th, that goes away. So you got to hurry up here. Harrys.com slash FFT. These are very sharp blades. They're made to last. German engineer. They are award-winning. They are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. So if someone does not love their shave, they get a full refund. Not lying here. I love Harry's razors so much better. 
than the other razors that I've used. So you want this special offer for this holiday gift box, this holiday shave set, you go to harrys.com slash FFT to get that free shipping and $5 off any shave set, uh, harrys.com slash FFT. Adam, true story. I We did our Christmas shopping over the weekend, purchased three sets really? of Harry's razors, including one for my daughter. Yes, they have pink razors as well. Not that you have to use a pink razor, but they do have some uh, different styles. So yeah, three sets. Cool. That It's really good. It's so inexpensive. It's a really easy like Secret Santa or um, White Elephant, which is better than Secret Santa gift. Do White Elephant this hmm. year. Look it up. Uh, all yeah. right. So, no, it's so much better. Carolina Fire. Secret Santa is a lot better. Oh, absolutely not. Are you kidding? <laughs> Have you ever done White Elephant? Yes. No. It's it's Good. not. White Elephant White Elephant is not better. Everyone ends up leaving with something they don't want. It's just yep. it's like a complete exercise in consumerism. I got, a a I got a Bluetooth speaker last year. It's I use it all the time. It's great. All right. So, anyway, any fantasy impact Ben of Carolina um, firing Ron Rivera, promoting Scott Turner, North Turner's son, to offensive coordinator. Any impact here as they get ready for Atlanta? I, I mean, I don't think there's like going to be a major impact. It's definitely uh, interesting for guys like Ian Thomas, who we talked about before. Maybe Greg Olson with the concussion is, is not going to be, you know, they're, they're clearly throwing in the towel on this season. I think when you look down the road and you want to you want to think about like why the timing of this happened now, I find that pretty interesting. They said they're going to start their search immediately. We have the college um, college season ending right now. If they wanted to interview high-profile coordinators, they typically have to wait until those teams are eliminated from the playoffs, which is late January sometimes. So if they're making this move now, and it was a little shocking to see Rivera get fired this early, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to be reaching down into the college ranks and potentially bringing up an innovative mind. It might be something that would be, uh, you know, turn. Carolina into a, a forward-thinking offense, which they've been one of the more forward-thinking offenses this year. But I'm looking into the future and, and getting a little excited about the potential for um, some more spread offense concepts and things like that, maybe in Carolina. But are you okay, by the way? Because with the Chris Peterson thing, I I didn't check in on you. Yeah, it's been rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know he's the he's a Ben's a Washington guy, so I'm sorry about that. Maybe he'll be the next coach of the Panthers. Who knows? You could be a Panthers uh-huh. fan. We'll see. Kalen uh, Balaj on IR, as we mentioned. So pick up Patrick Laird in PPR leagues. Damian Williams has a chance to play this week, according to Adam Teicher of ESPN. They're at New but England. But they also s- signed Spencer Ware. Yeah, we don't care about that, right? Like, we don't care about Spencer Ware. It makes me think that Damian Williams doesn't have that good a chance to play this weekend. Well, I mean, it, maybe it makes you think Daryl Williams is probably not going to play. But Right, but they can, sure. they've got three running backs if Damian plays. Well, they need four. Uh, the Saints side linebacker Manti Teo, and uh, that's with Kiko Alonso and AJ Klein injured last week. So we'll have to get their status report today. Two linebackers for the Saints as they get ready for the Niners. James Conner has a better chance to practice today than Juju Smith-Schuster. At, they are at Arizona, where Devlin Hodges will remain the starter. And Tennessee needs some help at cornerback. They signed Tremaine Brock. Could be a nice help for them down the stretch. Tennessee, that's the guy that the, the Cardinals cut, Tremaine Brock, and they're at Oakland this week. Got a couple of emails that made me want to say this, this rule change that I think you should make in your leagues. And I'll give Heath credit because I know, Heath, you do this in your leagues. Uh, If you have the most points scored, you should be guaranteed a playoff spot. Right, Heath? Yeah, I think the best way to do it, and I've gone back and forth on this because the way we've done it a lot of times in the past is the top five seeds get in based on record, and then the sixth seed goes to the team with the most points remaining. But... I think another good way that you can do it and the way they do it in the FFPC is that first seed goes to the best record. The second seed goes to the team with the most points and then it goes by record. Okay. Either way. But I've, I've gotten a few emails that are like, I score the most points and I missed the playoffs. That just shouldn't be the case. So make a rule in your league. The, the, the player who scores the most points, uh, the fantasy manager scores the most points is in. I want to talk dynasty here. Ben, I don't know if you did your homework. You did not respond to the email, which is very upsetting. Do you have a quarterback? I did respond. You should read your emails. When did you respond? <laughs> I responded to a different... You started a second thread, and I told you who my players were. What? I didn't see that at all. I got to check my email. I think Ben's lying. All right, good. Well, you have players. So I asked you both for a quarterback <laughs> whose dynasty value has gone up. 
and one whose dynasty value has gone down. So, Ben, whose value is up? Dak Prescott. I mean, we have this vertical passing game this year, better weaponry than he had before. You know, until the middle of last season, but he, I think even now this when when Amari came, but even now this season with Michael Gallup emerging, it's gotten even better. This is a guy who is leading the NFL in passing yards now. Uh, he's never been a four thousand yard passer. He's going to pass that this week probably. He's about two hundred yards shy of it. He's going to blow by it by the end of the season. He's averaging three hundred sixteen passing yards per game. His previous career high was two hundred forty three. So what we've seen from Dak this year in this Kellen Moore offense, a lot more downfield passing. He's already matched his career high in passing TDs. Even if Amari leaves, I think Gallup has shown enough that we can presume that his his weapons will still be pretty good going forward. And you know you'll get some rushing TDs out of him too. So he's a guy that I think has really improved his dynasty value this year. I found your email, by the way. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Dak <laughs> Prescott. Well, I know it was, you know, it was hard yeah, to come up with Dak Prescott because Heath immediately took the most obvious answer in Lamar Jackson. That's what he does. Well, I just, when you ask for a question, I figure we should cover the best answer. And so I submit the best answer and it's Lamar Jackson. His value has risen the most. I just pulled up my dynasty rankings from the preseason and I'll be doing an update in January. I don't want to commit to how early in January, but sometime in January, January 1st, kind of who moved throughout the season. It will not be January 1st. I won't be here for a couple weeks after week 17. Uh, I had Lamar Jackson 10th coming into the year at quarterback. I, he's absolutely certainly in my top three now. I would not put him ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I The one I struggle with is Deshaun Watson. I think Lamar Jackson, we've seen this year, can have a bigger impact than Deshaun Watson. But still, so much of his production is based on his legs. I do not think he'll have as long of an impact if that continues. And I don't really like, I think he'll probably still continue to improve as a passer, but I don't think he's going to get to where he's as good of passer as Deshaun Watson. And he doesn't have Deandre Hopkins. So I think he's probably third behind Mahomes and Watson. Now is Dak Prescott top five. He's probably close. I'd have to sit down with it, but he's probably close. My opinion. Like, I mean, I think we can look at it. Like would, would you rather have jo- Dak Josh Prescott Allen. in Dynasty? What's Josh that? Allen. He's another guy take, considered as a riser. I would take Dak over Josh Allen a hundred times out of a hundred. I would too. Um, Dak or Kyler? I I think I would take Dak right Kyler. now, but Kyler is right in that range. I think I think I'd put Kyler behind Josh Allen right now. Because Josh Oof. Allen's running more and throwing better currently. Yeah, but is who's throwing better? In their rookie season, I mean, Josh Allen didn't throw that, very well. That's true, but season. we've seen Josh Allen make an improvement. Like, I feel pretty confident Josh Allen's going to be a starting quarterback. For, Kyler Murray's I, had I'm, a pretty good rookie year, I think. He he has. Yeah, the last he has. Five or six games have been really pretty dreadful as a passer. Yeah, he's. In, I mean, he's in a lull right now. But I agree with Adam's point that it's his rookie season. We should expect some bumps in the road. We've seen a lot of guys take year two jumps as passers in the last so, several seasons. So. It, or should any of these guys be ahead of the trio of Dak, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray? Aaron Rodgers? No. Carson Carson Wentz? No. Nah. Jameis Winston? No. Jameis no. Winston's my faller. He might not even be a starter next season. Yeah, Russell Wilson? so bad. Yeah, p- yes, yes. Wilson w- should yeah. be ahead of Dak? Wilson's, yes, he's in Wilson that range. should be top five, yes. Um, why I don't think there's anyone else that's jumped <clears throat> Daniel Jones. I mean, like, I think that's pretty Baker much Baker was going, Baker was going that high preseason, but that's someone well, we're going to talk about in a sec. All right. Yeah. Let's I, do, let's I do had Baker where I, I had Baker where I just moved Lamar too. I had Baker third, which was just idiotic and I'm a moron. No, <laughs> and he, has had, so he has had such so a tough schedule. So is the industry consensus, because that's where everyone had him. Well, uh, look, Or top let's, five let's, for sure. Let's go into that, because he's, he's your faller, Heath, and these are where his opponents have ranked. Right now, you look at where they rank in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield has faced the teams that are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 10, 10, 13, 14, 16, 16, and 31st against quarterbacks he faced the Dolphins he shredded them every other team he's faced has been top half of the league in terms of fantasy points okay. allowed to quarterbacks including the five best teams he has had a brutal yeah. schedule I will be drafting I, Baker Mayfield next year 
I would accept with that premise that he should have, he has an excuse for five bad games. If you're a top five dynasty quarterback and you have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb and maybe Kareem Hunt for one or two of those games, being the 10th or 13th or 16th best defense against quarterbacks should not matter at all. You should torch them. And he is not. He has not played well this year. I, I'm oh. not saying I think he's going to be bad next year, but you he's not. I, I'd rather have Josh Allen. See, I, I would I'd I'd rather look Baker. at Baker and I say, why? Yeah, I would rather have Baker. I say, why? And for me, the entire reason why this Browns offense has been bad, and I've been harping on this pretty much all year for people who've been reading Stealing Signals, it's the coaching. They have been so undisciplined in every aspect of their game. They have had a, even when they get off the hot starts, which is like often the scripted throughout the week thing, they have such a hard time in-game adjustments. Last week, coming off a big game the week before, they got out to a hot start. And then they were just really bad the rest of the way. And people said, well, Baker hurt his hand. He completed like seven of nine passes uh, right after hurting his hand. I think his hand was pretty much fine. The thing that killed them was he they were taking sacks. And that's been a huge issue the whole the whole season. He took a, a sack to end a drive on each of their next like three or four drives. And they just completely collapsed as an offense. He's not getting through his reads. He's not doing I blame a lot of that on coaching. I think he has a potential to rebound next year. I do agree with Heath. He has to be has to be moving down. Yeah, I in, in also dives. agree. Absolutely. Like yeah, would I you mean, take we, Wentz or Baker? I would take Baker, Baker still. Yeah. I think there's more upside. I think it's I think Baker because because of Baker. Rogers or Baker. Baker. I don't know. I don't know. So you I, still got Baker basically as a top seven or eight quarterback in dynasty. Yeah, he's like probably in that that range right there. At uh, seven or eight. Like your not, follower, Ben, is Jameis Winston. Yeah, I mean, another vertical passer. I was just talking about uh, Dak. We like these downfield passing offenses, but he's also in his fifth-year option right now. And we like there's a scenario where Jameis gets the Blake Bortles treatment after last year. I mean, Bortles took a, the Jacksonville all the way to the uh, – to the AFC championship, got a little bit of an extension and then was just so bad with turnovers. They ended up kind of moving on from him. It would not surprise me all that much if the bucks moved on from him since he came into the league, leads the NFL in interceptions with 78. There is one other quarterback over 60 in that span. It's Phillip rivers. Who's actually played eight more games. He also independently leads the NFL in fumbles or quarterbacks in fumbles. I, I mean, he's a guy, he's been very solid in fantasy actually. So this is kind of a, you know, he's still young and had a pretty good year, but I think he's like at risk of being benched and getting kind of the Mariota treatment. I would not be investing in him in the offseason. And I think even if he does have a starting option next year, uh, that, that he could be in, in season benching pretty quickly. All right. Yeah, he's a very frustrating player. Um, should be doing better in fantasy, but still giving you games that are that are worth using. So we do have to talk about this Thursday night game, which just does not feel like one that we're excited about, but it's obviously fantasy relevant. Uh, before we do that, do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? Come on, get on SeatGeek already. It's just so much better. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. You should never, ever have to go scouring over the internet to find tickets to sports to live music, comedy, and more because SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. A quick look at the App Store shows over 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek has a better process. They pull in tickets from all over the web. They rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10 and display the tickets on an interactive seat map. You can easily see which seats fit your budget, which seats are the best ones to buy. And, you know, personally... Uh, you know I'm going to be going to that basketball game in a couple weeks. You know I'm going to be using SeatGeek for it. Every time I go, I need tickets, I use SeatGeek. It's just that simple. I just find it to be much easier. I find the prices to be better. I've compared SeatGeek to other sites. They always have better. They always have better prices. And I've showed other people this, and now they're SeatGeek believers as well. So hop on board here and get ten bucks off your first purchase. Use the promo code FFT. Download the SeatGeek app. Ten bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. The promo code is FFT. On the SeatGeek app. So, um, yeah, let's do this segment real quick. Here we go. Uh, well, first of all, we have an email of the day from Jason in Seattle. Probably friends with Ben. Uh, dear Hatter, Max, and Libs. <laughs> Hatter, Max, Mads. and Libs. Mads. Oh, 
Nice. Oh, Mad Libs. Nice. I really, I hope those are still around. Like, I, I, I'm looking forward to getting those back in my life when the kid grows up. Uh, all right, Bad Beat. Please grade this Bad Beat. I was up 9.3 with under a minute to go in the Sunday night game. Edelman's meaningless touchdown gave my opponent 9.5 points. So now I'm down by .2, and I had Tyler Lockett. A win would have given me the two seed in the bye. Instead, I am knocked out of the playoffs because Tyler Lockett did not have one catch. Uh, please grade this bad beat. Also, um, I believe Adam and Heath should get in a boxing ring and have at it. Only caveat is that Heath has to tie one of his arms behind his back. This would be must-see TV uh, for anybody who listens can to I the referee? show. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> which hand? Can I referee, which, please? Which hand do I have to tie behind my back? Uh, I think you can tie your left. You can just keep your right hand. If I just keep my right I think I got a shot with just my right hand. Oh, you have a shot. Yeah, you have a shot for sure. No question. You've got like six inches on me, I think, right? How tall are you? Uh, of re- well, at least. Um, and, and like six inches of reach probably. Oh, so yeah. it's going to be tough for you to get inside on me. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. But that's a ba- that is a that is an A plus bad beat right there. That is tough. Tyler Lockett zero it's catches, terrible. losing in garbage time. Yeah, so that brings what... us. I'm sorry. That brings us to Tyler Lockett and a segment called "What do we do with these guys? What do we do with Tyler Lockett? He has four catches for 64 yards on nine targets in his last three games, and he'll be facing the Rams this week. What do we do with Tyler Lockett? I. I think you keep playing him. He still has plenty of upside. We found out that he was pretty sick. You know, he had some comments after the game uh, on Monday night that he just wanted to go home and go to sleep. Basically, he was, he was, I mean, a lot of the the Seahawks were sick. We had, we know, the flu went around the league a little bit all last week. So we know Lockett's going to be boomer bust. We know Seattle's pass attempts are going to be a little bit boomer bust, and they're going to be lower. And there's more weaponry now there with Jacob Hollister emerging and Josh Gordon in town, even though he's not really playing a ton. Lockett is still running routes on almost every single drop back. He's still going to be Russell Wilson's preferred target. You still start him. He has massive upside every week. It just depends on your personal philosophy. Um, like I don't think anyone would be surprised by Ben saying you still start him because Ben only cares about upside and Tyler Lockett has top 12 upside every week. Uh, he has absolutely no floor. And despite what Ben will tell you, Tyler Lockett can lose you a week. Tyler Lockett lost this guy a week. The difference between zero points and five <laughs> points was the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. The difference between uh, zero point and one catch was the difference yeah, between making I, the playoffs. Yeah. I have Lockett just outside of my top 30 wide receivers this week in the projections. I'm a little bit worried about him. Um, I'll probably... If I have a flex or a third wide receiver slot, I'm probably starting him. All right, guys. So here's how we're going to do the rest of this segment, just so we can get to everything we need to get to here and preview this third. Ben's going to say he has upside. I'm starting him, and Heath says he's a flex. I'm going to give you three options. Uh, Must sit, play the matchups, must start. Okay? Kenny Galladay. Flex at best. Yeah, play the matchups. He gave you three options and you just made up your own. That's a total ETH move. (laughs) Such a ETH move. Perfect ETH. It's the same game we play on Thursdays. It's just you're calling them different things. Flex at best is the middle ground, and that's what I'm taking. Yeah, but I'm saying rest of season, not just one week here, but fine. Uh, You have to do this segment with one arm tied behind your back. Alshon Jeffrey, Giants and Redskins next two weeks. Alshon Jeffrey. He's another play the matchups guy. Start him. John Brown. Tough matchups coming up. Start him. Yeah, play the matchups for me. I mean, receivers are almost always going to be play the matchups for me. So you prefer Tyler range. Lockett to all of these guys? Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I think that's I kind of fair because I think Tyler He's Lockett. a way better QB than all three of those guys. Kenny Galladay's is playing with a guy that we just learned his name last week. John Brown's <laughs> playing with Josh Allen, who can't complete downfield passes. Alshon Jeffrey is is the best of those three, and where you feel more consistent. But you're, like you're taking Russell Wilson's number one receiver because he was sick and had a catchless game. He hasn't been his number games, one receiver though. for a month. Yeah, that's kind of Metcalf's thing. been Metcalf out targeting him for a guy. month. It's interesting. Uh, Jeffrey, I think you know, is set up for a really nice finish here uh, with the Giants and Redskins coming up. Kenyon Drake, what do you do? Start him, sit him, or play the matchups? He's a start him for me. I'm starting him. We agree. I don't know that I'm starting him unless it's PPR, though. He's not, right? I mean, like, he's really just not running well at all facing Pittsburgh this week. My issue, 
my issue with his lack of production was more with the whole offense. They had their worst game of the season last year in yards per play and total yardage, all that. And that might be, you know, put on Drake a little bit. I think it was more on Kyler. We talked about how bad he was. Drake, over 80% of the snaps, I believe, for the third game in his four games in Arizona. This guy's getting a massive workload. And if they do have a good offensive game, he's going to be really good. He's like, he was on my list earlier of sneaky league winners. Oh, that, all right. I, I, yeah. That you'd ever email back to me. Rashad Penny. Flex at best. Okay. Yeah. Uh, James White. Uh, matchup. I mean, he's not going to do what he did last week. He set career highs in rush attempts and rushing yardage. It was a total game script, perfect for him. Sonny Michelle is going to play when they lead, and they to- they typically do. So for me, he's a he's a flex at, or matchups or he's he's a he's a backup that you plug in if you need options. He's he would be a play the matchups guy if we ever knew what Bill Belichick thought about the matchup. <laughs> That's true, but I, yeah. I guess you know the are they going to be trailing so big? Maybe against the Chiefs. Maybe that really helped James White. Obviously, uh, this maybe guy, the against last, the Bills. No, the last one here is Philip Lindsay, and he's got pretty good matchups to end the season, um, and he's getting a ton of work. Start, sit, or play the matchups with Lindsay. Start him. I think, yeah, I think he started a bowl for sure. Drew Locke came in and actually threw to the running backs, which is something Brandon Allen wasn't doing and something we did see from Flacco. It brings back some of that receiving value for him. Okay, it's time to preview the Thursday night game. Dallas is at Chicago. Leighton Vander Esch is going to be out for this game. Got to check on Sean Lee and Antoine Woods. Lee, a linebacker. Woods, a defensive tackle. Their run defense wasn't quite as good last week. But these are two solid defenses here. And the, the I think Dak Prescott is a really big question mark, but not according to the rankings because everybody's got him top seven, between five and seven. Heath has him seven, uh, fifth, actually. Jamie's sixth and Dave seventh here. So no hesitation with Dak? No. I mean, I, you like, there's one like me guy. Would case I, against them? One guy that I have ranked ahead of him who I could see you possibly having on your bench, and that would be Matt Ryan. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I'm just starting Dak Prescott. Okay. So it's not a, it not is tough. I mean, I, he, I will say I have a little bit of concern. He's, he's worse away from home and it's a tough matchup, but I, I don't think unless you have a guy like Matt Ryan that you can make a good case. But like, I wouldn't go pick up Sam Darnold and start him over him. I don't think his road games have been weird circumstances though. Right? Like he yeah, had one true. where Amari yep. didn't play one where Amari played half the game, one where it was at new England. And it was like raining, Terrible snowing. Weather. He hasn't yeah. really had a lot of normal road games. And maybe this, I don't, I haven't looked for the weather right. in Chicago. It probably won't be beautiful, but I, I think it'll be fine. Right. No, it's a good point. I, I think my concern is you look at tough matchups that he's faced, six fantasy points at New Orleans, six fantasy points at New England. He scored 26 fantasy points against Green Bay, and he scored 26 fantasy points against Buffalo. But in both of those games, they lost, and he threw 44 or more passes. You know, so now he's facing a good pass defense in a game that they probably are not going to be trailing. I, but that's basically like the scenario, the the way he'd be bad. So it's you know it's not necessarily likely, or I guess what I'm trying to say is that this worst case scenario, or the case I can make against Dak Prescott. But I think at this point he's earned your trust. So uh, start Dak Prescott, start Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, okay, so who's the best wide receiver in this game? I, th- I think it's a fair question. With uh, Al- Without Taylor Gabriel, the target share that Allen Robinson could get, and Amari uh, Cooper, you know, not an easy matchup for him, and he's away from home. So who's the best wide receiver in this game? Yeah, it depends on format for me. Allen Robinson is my favorite in PPR. I've got Cooper just ahead of him in non-PPR, but they're both top 20 wide receivers, and I'm starting both of them pretty much universally. So, okay. Did we learn a lesson, though, from John Brown? Because John Brown was, was pretty lousy last week. Uh, this is not... He, a, had, like, he, he, he had like four, 14 fantasy points or something. Yeah, he threw a touchdown. So let's, you know... Yeah, He, he obviously worked. was bad. So okay, I can't imagine people are sitting Amari Cooper. But for Allen Robinson... We'll get to Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb. But for Allen Robinson, I mean, is this a slam dunk? Ben, what do you think? I don't think it's a slam dunk, but I, I think if you want to talk about the lesson we learned from John Brown or that type of thing, I mean, I, I think that it it's 
that especially for wide receivers, it kind of depends. It depends on your options. Uh, you know, another lesson we could we could take from last week was DeAndre Hopkins getting shadowed by Stephon Gilmore and still catching, I think it was six of, of eight targets or something, and still having a solid game. And we always try to uh, shy away from really tough matchups or we, we look at these home road splits and all those things. Ultimately, we're talking about a range of potential outcomes, how the game goes, who takes an early lead, whether it becomes a pass script, and then whether the targets are there and then how effective those targets are. It, I mean, I, I hate to just be like, oh, well, wishy-washy, but I don't want to overreact to an example like the John Brown thing. I think what you're learning, or, or the Tyler Lockett thing from last week that we were just talking about, what you're learning is what the range of that player's outcomes is, and that's why I end up targeting upside. I think both of these guys are elite talents and, and are in good enough spots that if I don't have other great options, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use them. Yeah, but it's not just John Brown. In their last four games, the Cowboys have held... Golden Tate, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, both Detroit wide receivers to less than 50 yards. Not to say, look, Edelman had a big game. Cole Beasley had a big game. Uh, basically, what it comes down to, if you look at Allen Robinson, when he's had more than seven targets, he's had he's been good every time, basically. Uh, so just needs to get that. And then, all right, so if those guys are starts, and I imagine most people are starting them, uh, how many other wide receivers are starts in this game? Gallup, Cobb, and Anthony Miller. I think Gallup is yeah. is certainly in, in play. Yeah, I, I view Gallup and Miller relatively similarly. I prefer Gallup, but they're both high-end number three wide receivers this week for me that uh, I do think both have enormous... Like, if you told me Michael Gallup had a game where he caught six for 120 and scored or scored two, I wouldn't be that surprised. He has big-time big, to big time upside. And I think Miller's not too far behind with his... He looks better, and he's getting a ton of targets. And the only reason he hasn't really shown up for fantasy purposes is because he oddly hasn't scored a touchdown yet after scoring seven last year. So how much slot does he play? Because I, I do I not have at, his slot I'm percentage looking at in front of me. Edelman and Beasley having basically a hundred yards each, you know, makes me wonder if that's an Miller, area that you can exploit against. The Miller plays out of the slot a lot. Miller yeah, plays out of the slot good. a lot. I, I mean, look, I, I think, Dallas has a good defense, and the Bears are the Bears. So how many people are going to want to put him in their lineup? I don't know. Would you start Rashad Penny against the Rams over Anthony Miller? I've got yeah. him at 63% slot rate this year, which is enormous. I hope that's... I don't know if that's changed with Gabriel's injury. I'm not sure, but... Uh, no, Gabriel's an outside guy. It's not. Okay, yeah, I didn't know. Maybe What'd you say he... Outside. I said I don't have week by week in front of me, but I've got him at 63% for the year. So um, you said Penny or Gallup or Penny or Miller? Either one. I would I would take Penny, but no, Javon Wims subbed in for Gabriel as the other outside receiver. Miller is still the slot guy. Okay. I, I would, uh, I'd start both wide receivers over Penny and PPR. How about a, uh, a 49ers running back or... Miller or Gallup. As long as Breed is back, I think I'd start both those receivers in PPR over any 49ers running back because I have no clue who's going to touch the football. Okay. Um, well, I guess we, you know, we, you don't know. I can't say a Chiefs running back because we don't know what the situation's going to be. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we pretty yeah, much, I, I mean, it's probably, if assuming it's McCoy and Darwin, then I'll say the same thing and I'm going to start. Um, those guys in PPR over the Chiefs running backs. I don't want. But you have to make those calls. You got to make those calls right. today for the or you know tomorrow for those games. Then I'm definitely doing it because their situation is only going to get worse than I'm currently projecting it to be. Yeah. Right. I'm not, I'm nervous about Michael Gallup too because he hasn't been good in either his his last two games and those have been tough matchups and he's got uh, seven or fewer targets in five of his last seven games. I'm so concerned this is going to be an ugly, gross fantasy killer game. Oh. What did he do in those other games? Didn't he have like a a huge yeah <laughs> a yeah, big he game was awesome. in there? Yeah, yeah, he was. Okay. But but who did he do him against? I mean, Detroit and Minnesota. Those teams suck against wide receivers. You know, the Bears don't. So um, I don't know how you know they give up the six fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I, it depends how much that stuff matters to you. Uh, okay, anything else on this game? Oh, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. I'm sorry. How do we feel about them, Heath? Not great. Uh, I think Montgomery's a high end flex. Cohen could be two in PPR, but I don't really want to start either one of them. 
You have Raheem Mostert over David Montgomery, huh? We're not currently projecting Breida to play, so yeah, I probably need to just project a blank spot for Breida, but if Breida was out, I would start Mostert over Montgomery. Okay. And uh, would you start these wide receivers or David Mon- Montgomery? You know, Gallup, Miller, Montgomery. And I'm assuming no on Randall Cobb, sounds like. Yeah, I wouldn't go to Randall Cobb personally. I'm not planning on using Randall Cobb. I would start the wide receivers over Montgomery and Cohen in PPR. Most of these situations, it's just in PPR, though. Like in non PPR, I think you could maybe start the running backs. Montgomery. And the, not the, uh, the DSTs, he's pretty high on the Bears, not so much on the Cowboys. Bears DST is fifth. And uh, it looks like it's, again, I mean, the Cowboys are very good. They allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to DSTs. You want to make a case for the Bears? No, I'd rather move him down. Yeah, I think you should move him down. Okay. Move him on down. Let's pick up a streamer to start over the Bears. Who's it going to be? Texans? Texans, for sure. I, I'm starting yeah. well. I don't know. I'm starting Packers. the Texans in a lot of leagues this week. Okay. Yeah, Packers I like the Texans this Washington. week. Packers is another one. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Vikings are still available in like two-thirds of leagues. So. Okay. We have got... A third of leagues. A few segments left. We've got your questions, and we've got, you know, everybody's favorite segment, which just requires me to get music queued up, which I will eventually. Mm. Yeah, I know. But look, there's a there's an ad running that's going to take 10 more seconds. So, Heath, what's for lunch today? I brought some leftover roast and carrots and potatoes and onions that my wife made in the crock pot on Sunday. Don't care. Regulators time. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. The fantasy regulators. You can email us fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This is from Brian. The league has decided to let the pod decide. So please come to an answer. The playoffs start this week and your answer will affect who makes it. Uh. It's a one QB league with a very important Nailed matchup. It. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. A very important matchup between two potential playoff teams. Now, this happened a couple of weeks ago, by the way. One team oh. had only Tannehill on his roster, and on Sunday morning at 11 a.m., he dropped Tannehill for Darnold. But the transaction was made, and Darnold was never entered into his starting lineup, and he rode his bench and scored 33 fantasy points on the bench. There was no, um, it was not on CBS, and there was no illegal lineup. Obviously, he had intentions of starting Sam Darnold, but he was never entered into his starting lineup and uh, the, the website and whatever. Didn't count. So what do you think we should do? This would decide a playoff spot. Should we give the guy Darnold's points or leave those points on the bench? Three weeks later? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I would have understood if this guy had said at 105 Eastern, crap, I, Sam Darnold, I put him in my lineup, and he's not there. Can you please fix it for me? Of course. Maybe even he went out to lunch with his family, and it was like 3 in the afternoon before he checked his scores. And he's like, crap, but let's I put say, Sam Darnold let's say in. Can you please put him now. in? He, let's assume they're just asking now to try to settle it, but that this has been brought up, you know, much. No, once the next, once, once week 12 kicks off, Week 11 is locked in. We're not changing week 11 I would scores argue, after week 12 is kicked. I mean, what you should have happened like right right there. At 105, like you said. I would argue as soon as it's clear that this cost him a win or anything, if, if you wait till that point to raise it, you've already waited too long. But you he, I don't to, know that he did. Bring it up. I don't know that he did, guys. Like I, I, He emailed me about this yesterday. That doesn't mean that this just came up. I'm, I think that Sam Darnold should get the points. He he dropped Tannehill to pick up Darnold to do what? Put him on his bench? No. Sam Darnold should have got the points. I agree with you, but not three weeks later. Do I get to go back and look at every decision I made for the last it's 14 not a deci- weeks? It's not a starter and sit decide decision. decide why I missed the playoffs it, and try to get not, everybody to change it? It's no. not like, oh, well, it's been I, regulated. I, no, <laughs> it has not been regulated. To, I say yes, he doesn't get the points. Dar- I say you Period. give Darnold the points and you put this guy in the playoffs. You're wrong. Heath says no. Why? What? All right. Two out of three. Adam's wrong. I can't even. I don't even understand how you brought this one on the show. You should have just answered this to them. Like you, you. This guy made the move himself. He picked up Darnold. Why? Why didn't he, he put him in his lineup? That's his own fault. 
I guess he thought that it would automatically go with the lineup, like a lot of sites do. Some sites don't. If you do that on CBS, if you drop your one quarterback and put the, and the, get the out of the quarterback, he's automatically in your lineup. Just play on CBS. So really, the uh. regulation is you guys should move to CBS. Yes, exactly. All right, this is from Jared. Yep. This is our first year together uh, playing in, he says, my courts fantasy football league. Uh, I don't know. Court, well, okay. At the start of the season, Judge Jared. All... Judge Jared. Okay, he's a judge. At the start of the season, we all agreed that the last place team would place a large pink unicorn flag that reads, I suck at fantasy football, in their front yard for the rest of the neighborhood to laugh at. Long story short, there are two brothers that live together in the court. One of them is in first, the other's in second to last, and they're playing each other the week before the playoffs start. The brother in first is clearly tanking the week, starting an injured Hooper, sitting DeAndre Hopkins, to ensure that his brother does not get the flag in the front of their house. Do they get the flag anyway, or should they be allowed to work together since the flag would be in their shared front yard? Clear and obvious collusion. <laughs> you cannot try to lose to help another team avoid a penalty. So the penalty should be doubled. There should be two flags, <laughs> two shirts, matching hats, and they have to wear them until next season starts. Love it. I love it. I'm, in, I'm into that. <laughs> and it's been regulated. All right, let's read some questions from Apple Podcasts. And by the way, I think we all agree now, now that we've had some time to think it over, just give that guy Sam Donald's points, put him in the playoffs. Don't do it. What? Happy about what are you talking? All right, here we go from Apple Podcasts. Start one, James Conner, Tyler Boyd, or Marquise Brown? Boyd. Boyd. Okay, from Ian. I have Drew Brees, but I'm nervous to start him against the Niners. I could pick up Rivers, Minshew, Kyle Allen, Andy Dalton, or Fitz Patrick? I'd start Minshew. I'd start Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you're you worried about Brees, too. Brees? I'm a yeah. little bit worried about Brees. I think Fitzpatrick has legitimate upside most weeks right now. Devontae Parker's balling. He's throwing downfield. He's slinging it. We're back to Fitz. Remember when he was crushing with Tampa Bay last year? I mean, I think we're there. Yeah, then he wasn't, but I hear you. Uh, I got to go really dig in to see Drew Brees at home against tough matchups the last few years. Not just tough, but like really tough matchups. The problem is how I done. don't think he's quite like I, Drew Brees is still very good. I'm not trying to say that he's washed like Tom Brady oh. and Philip Rivers are, but he's not quite what he was even two or three years ago. There's, they've changed things just a little bit, and I don't think we have a sample this year of him against tough defenses. So I don't think whatever you find is going to be that relevant. Well, all right. It will be for me, but okay. Uh, this is from <laughs> uh, somebody from where we say, Melakalikimaka. You know, that's like, Melakalikimaka is Hawaii's way. Movie? What movie? To say. I do know that. No idea, but I love I mean, no, great I do singing. know it. Uh, let me think about it. Okay, all right. It's a, uh, it's a National Lampoon's sequence. Christmas yes. Vacation. There you go. Somebody told you in your ear. Uh, if Dalvin, <laughs> <laughs> if Dalvin Cook plays, can I use my flex spot to play Alexander Madison too? I have Hooper, Crowder, Montgomery, Debo Samuel, and Will Fuller as other options. I almost no. asked this question to you guys, and I don't have. I don't think I have quite as good of options as he does, but. In my home league, I've gone 11 and 2. I have clearly the best team in the league. And multiple times in this league, I've had the one seed and lost to the eighth seed in the first round, including once to the guy I'm playing this week. I have Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott. Wait, eight teams make the playoffs? It's a 14 team league. So, yes. So eight teams make the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, I have considered playing Alexander Madison as my flex just to protect my floor. Because I am yeah, terrified I I'm going to have one of those weeks where I score half as many points as I'm averaging and lose in the first round. <sighs> Famous final words, trying to protect your floor. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I think there's no way you can play a backup running back if you know the starter is playing. Like a legitimate backup. We're not talking about I, a rotation. I, We're not talking about the Niners here. We're talking about a backup. I don't I don't know that I told... Because we've seen some games where he's had 8 to 10 carries when they've blown teams out. And I mm -hmm. think they could very easily blow the Lions out. And I don't think it takes very many carries for Madison to be good against the Lions. Well, I mean, so he, I'm a little more open to it than Ben. But who who did he have? Right. So that's the thing. Like, okay, Hooper, we, we'll have to see. I, I would start Hooper over him if Hooper plays and Cook plays. 
Crowder, I think I would start him. Uh, David Montgomery mm-hmm. would be a tough choice, you know. Like, I I would I would much rather have Montgomery than Madison if Cook plays. But if Cook if Cook doesn't play, no wait, sorry, yes, if Cook plays, I'd rather have Montgomery. But if you want to wait and see if Cook doesn't play, I could see you have good enough options where you can sit Montgomery. Debo Samuel, I don't, I don't know, that seems risky. Yeah, Will Fuller also seems risky. But I think Crowder and Hooper. Will are Fuller's the best option. Will Fuller is the best option. What Do is you your see what happened Will to Will Fuller, Fuller last week? Will Fuller has the same floor as Alexander. I mean, Madison. come on! He's their literal, the their literal game plan was to throw to other players because of how good the Patriots secondary was. They threw to Duke Johnson and to Darren Fells. Did you watch the game? He's and then the Broncos. He scored a touchdown. He scored a touchdown that got overturned by like a that fraction was of a second. That was it. He that dropped the touchdown. Did. He has a lot of downside. He has a lot of downside. <laughs> like that's a very nice way to say he dropped a touchdown. All right, here we go. Let's let's oh. fire through these. Uh, from AJ, Patrick Mahomes against New England or Carson Wentz against the Giants. Mahomes. Ooh, I know it's tough. Wentz. Wentz. Ooh, how about that? All right, from uh, these are emails now. From what did Mahomes uh, Tom- do against the Patriots? What did Mahomes do against the Patriots in the playoffs last year? He had a pretty good game against two, him. Right? Well, he threw for he like scored, 700 yards against them in two games last yeah, year, but that was that was last year's Patrick Mahomes. He's, <laughs> oh, okay. He scored like 64 <laughs> points or something in two games. Uh, you mean the Patrick Todd, Mahomes that had Tyreek Hill healthy like he does right now? From Todd in a town in Arkansas. Heath, give me a town in Arkansas. Um, Eureka Springs. Dak, Baker, Tannehill. Start two of three. Sit Baker. Ooh. Okay. I'm playing Baker against Cincinnati. Tannehill's got the Raiders, and he's been a lot better than Baker. Throws 20 yeah, passes I'm going to sit Dak. You go, ooh. Whoa. This is one where I'm going to sit Dak. What? Okay. Yeah. About that. I think they're going to run so... the ball a decent amount. I'm actually kind of worried. I like Dak for Dynasty. I don't like Dak this week. Okay, this is from Mike. Saints or Vikings DST? Saints against the Niners or Vikings against the Lions? Vikings by far. Yeah. From John in Atlanta. Netflix has a new documentary on Die Hard on the movies that made us TV series. You should check it out. It's good. They talk to the screenwriters and the directors of Die Hard. I watched closely, closely to see if they would reference whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. The actual makers of the film just refer to Die Hard as an action movie constantly throughout. Not a single mention of it being a Christmas movie. Uh, do we need to find the D'Souza quote again? Like the guy that made the movie saying it is obviously a Christmas movie. This is an irrelevant email and shouldn't have been allowed on the show. Yeah, the second we, thing <laughs> that you brought to the show that had no no purpose of being here. <laughs> you should listen to the episode we did with Steven D'Souza. Check it out in the offseason. It was our last offseason. Uh, gosh, I don't know when, but probably sometime around July. or Yeah, probably July. It was a great interview. He wrote Die Hard. And he said it's a Christmas movie, but he didn't realize it when he wrote it. I think that's what he said. From uh, Jared in Dallas. Uh, okay, PPR League, I have... Uh, who do I flex? Mike Williams, John Brown, or Rashad Penny? John Brown. I'm going to go Mike Williams. <laughs> I think I'm going to go Mike Williams, too. Oh. They're like the same player. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be right one of these weeks. From right. Texans Rob, do you trust the Eagles DST against the Giants? Not trust, no. Yeah, but you I, can use them as well. I'd rather yeah. have the I'd rather have the Vikings or Packers. From Frank, what what limits, if any, should there be in ads for teams that did not make the playoffs in a one player keeper league? You should not allow ads for teams that did not make the playoffs, and you should in not a allow. In a one-keeper keeper league, you should not allow anyone to keep anyone who is added during the playoffs. And because the the advantage of being able to add somebody when you only keep one player in the playoffs is really, really minuscule. Probably no one's going to do it anyway. Sure. And the harm they can cause to the playoffs is much, much greater. So just say nobody can keep anybody added during the playoffs. And if you're not in the playoffs, you can't add anyone. And okay. I totally agree with the premise that when you're out of the playoffs, you should not be making moves. I don't care about your consolation bracket. Please, for just Agreed. take some time yeah. off. Agreed. I, I made some people mad on Twitter yesterday, and I apologize sincerely for saying that consolation brackets are for losers, but they literally are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's see if we can get to a few more. We'll go Heath, Ben, Heath, Ben, Heath, Ben. From Sean, Dalton, David Blauer, Mitchell Trubisky. Mitch. Heath. All right. 
Mitt over Dalton? Surprised to say that. Okay, Mitch. Uh, should I drop T.Y. Hilton or Juju Smith-Schuster for a waiver ad or a handcuff? This is from John. He has a first-round buy. I think, yeah, it depends on the depth of your league, but I think you absolutely can drop both those players. From I'd much rather drop Juju. Uh, you're not in this. This is Ben. Yeah, I just, ben I just was. <laughs> from pickup game cherry picker, Hunter Henry or Darren Waller this week? I'm going to go back to Henry. Good. He had one bad game. Get over it. From Steven. Should I drop Tyrell Williams for Anthony Miller? I have a bye this week. I made that. You're move not in, in this two is diff- bet. This is bad. Two differently. No, you said I wasn't in the last I, I'm one. Happy. I'm definitely in this one. <laughs> you just answered Tyrell for Anthony Miller in two different leagues, and I love Tyrell Williams more than anyone else in the world. So yes, you should. My answer would be look at the matchups. I don't I don't know their matchups off the top of my head, but yeah, I mean you can. They're they're relatively similar in value. PPR from Daniel, Tyreek Hill or Tyler Lockett? Oh, it's my turn again. Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I think technically it was Heath's turn, but he he forfeited his turn. And finally, who would you start? Sam Darnold, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill. Okay, thank you. Thank you, guys. Good stuff. Good Wednesday show. Tomorrow, starter sit for the AFC home games, including a big breakdown of the Chiefs and the Patriots. Should be a good one. For Heath, for Ben, I'm Adam. Talk to you tomorrow. Serve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.